the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. And today is Tuesday, June the 27th. And we are here with a full slate of games for Wednesday, June the 28th. Three man concern tonight. Firstly, hats off, tip my cap to the man who single handedly brackets uh, kindly with the help of Ian Hap. Filled up my beer bath three times on Sunday afternoon. It's Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Unfortunately, I only took him to Homer once and not twice. So it is what it yeah. is. I left some money on the table. But overall, happy to help you on your trip. Uh, definitely a fun weekend. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the game. But overall, looking forward to going through Wednesday's games. Yeah, it was the gambler's fallacy because I was absolutely delighted when he hit that first one. Um, and then when he hit the second one, you, you kind of get the feeling you've lost it's so, it couldn't have been, it was the most degen thing. Um, just thinking, well, oh, shit, how could I have turned that into more money? Not just being happy with the money that I made in the first place, like absolute gambler's fallacy in full of it. Um, and also joining us is Mr. Dylan Rockford. D Rock, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, finally got some good weather. Sky's clearing up here on the East Coast. But uh, yeah, I cashed with Ian Happ. I feel like a lot of people oh, nice with him uh, this weekend. But uh, how was the, I didn't get to talk to you. How was this uh, series? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief because I bored everyone for about 15 minutes yesterday. Moon after eyes were rolling out of his head. Um, I went on for it. But, um, yeah, so most of the uh, the listeners um, heard. I had a really, really good time. Um, MLB did a great job. The park was great. The experience was great. I was like a dog with two dicks all day. I just absolutely loved every second of it. So, um, yeah, uh, if that was a, something on my doorstep, you, you couldn't keep me away. I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Are you going uh, back thanks. next year with the Mets? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with my Dylan Rockford T-shirt on. Uh, and see they might win a game do you think they'll win a game between now and then probably not you can dream (laughs) Uh, funny man alright let's have a look DVDBJ's first in Uh, him and Captain Sado are like uh, it's like peak Um, what Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson those two every night trying to get in the chat first uh, Randy's here. Randy wants to talk Mets. Dylan, That's if you're ready for that. Reference. I respect that. A Ben Johnson oh. name drop? Respect. What you're forgetting about, Scott, is that I'm a generation older than both you and Dylan and oh, everyone no, see, else. On I this. understood the reference. I'm just, yeah. I just was not expecting that to be. Okay. All right. That's just how my brain works. The most recent thing I can remember is 1986. So, yeah. Uh, that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, Ben Johnson. Yeah. Checks in there. Uh, Canadian. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, and off his eyes on drugs, which it's is what? excellent. <laughs> what a solid start to the show. We're back on the drugs again. Drugs have been featuring uh, quite heavily recently. We've got a really weird card tonight um, because we've got 15 games. We've only got eight or nine now with lines. We just picked up lines on the Cubs game about 30 seconds before we came on. Uh, um, we've got three or four TBD pitchers that we can have a guess at. We've got two or three TBD pitches that we've got absolutely no idea about. Um, and I know there's some weird stuff. Mike Soroka is kicking around to the Braves rotations in a state of flux. I think the same with Shane McClanahan. There was a Cleveland pitcher coming back, maybe. So there's quite a few rotations with stuff going on as well. So all in all, it makes for a little bit of a uh, unsatisfactory gambling aspect from us, kind of what, 24, 25 hours out from the start of these games. Uh, but we've got plenty of stats to go on and plenty of things that we can uh, that we can get our teeth into. Um, we'll crack on once I've told you about our headline sponsor, our Bird Dog Shorts, uh, which you should now know all about. Uh, really great product. The uh, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric is a high point. Um, but yeah, Bird Dogs give you those stretch carpet shorts that are designed to fit slimmer. Through the thigh, give you a truly sculpted look, just a thing for the summer. And the hot weather Dylan was talking about as well. Uh, they'll fit way better than regular shorts, uh, made of stiff, 
restricting cotton, uh, what you need to do is go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter the promo code pool, P-W-O-L, uh, and you'll get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. Uh, so you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you, first game tomorrow is, we've got a little bit of day's ball, uh, not much, just enough to keep me going though. Um, it is one of these off-the-board games. Um, it's 12-20 Eastern with the Minnesota Twins at the Atlanta Braves. We have Kenta Maeda for the Twins and TBD for Atlanta. Now, I am seeing Mike Soroka. I can't remember if he was officially listed earlier on and he's gone um, or I've just projected him all day. Yeah, but I think Soroka's going to go. Um, with the absence of that, we've got no lines on this, but... Um, I can't remember who's taking this game. Is this you, Dylan, or Scott? Who's going to lead off? Supposed to be me. Go on then. Uh, yeah, what can you tell us about this, Scott? Anything well, or not much? So we're going to assume Soroka is going to get the start. I believe so. Yes. And then I'm, then I'm taking the over because <laughs> I don't want to deal with Soroka after his first uh, outing there, or I'd say time in the majors this year. He was not very good, but I don't want to back Maeda either. Uh, Maeda has not been good. Uh, overall, the season, 6.86 ERA. He did spend some time on the IL. Uh, having said that, he was good last time out as he ended up giving up zero runs in five innings, but that's the only start he's made in about a, two months. So I'm not sold on him, but I guess he was able to shut down Detroit. Congratulations. He did something that Heaney couldn't do yesterday. <laughs> but for the sake of this overall game, I'm going to take the over. We know the Braves offensively are are probably the either best offense in the league or second best, if you want to argue with Texas. But the point is, Maeda, I'm not a fan of. And if you want to talk about Soroka, he was a complete mess before he got demoted again. I'll take the over. I have a hard time taking Minnesota on the money line in general because they're really bad on the road. And I do think that Atlanta, even when they don't pitch well, they still find ways to score eight, nine runs anytime you need them to. Give me the over, though. I think you'll see a lot of runs. Maybe it'll land the team total over if you want to take an approach there. But I personally have to go with the over, assuming Soroka gets the start. Okay, like Scott, strong start. Uh, Dylan, um, did you have any any Rockford lines on this one or were you waiting out the Atlanta pitcher? Yeah, I was late waiting out the pitcher. But if uh, Soroka does go, I agree with the team total. Uh, we do have wins blowing out as well. I just can't trust either pitcher. You know, Soroka, his hard hit rate contact is extremely high. And his two starts were against Oakland and Arizona. So I just have a tough time uh, to seeing him have a good game. And Ketamayad, I can't back him either. So I, I agree with Scott. I, I do think we see a lot of runs in this game. Uh, if you just want to narrow it down and take a Atlanta team total. I totally agree on that as well. Um, I called a bit of an audible on myself about 20 minutes before we start recording. I had to cap these games five or six hours ago. Came down on the side of the over, like both of you. Looked at Soroka's stats, wasn't really having it. Kent has got a really weird game look. It's all over the place. Like you can't make head nor tail of it. Um, and then there was something just nagging away at the back of the head. So I had another look at Soroka like half an hour ago. Um, and he did come up and have those uh, two we had well, well, poor starts, frankly. Um, so Atlanta sent him back down again. And since they sent him down, he's been absolutely outstanding. He's been lights out in AAA. Um, he's had three consecutive quality starts, 18 strikeouts and a 142 ERA. Um, so you don't like you don't need much encouragement to want to take Atlanta. Um, but I think Soroka can go okay here. So I'll put a line through the over. Um, and I've got Atlanta written down. Depending on the prices, I'm happy to take them on the run line. They win, I mean, they've won 18 of 21 now, and they score loads of runs. But I've got a little bit more faith in Soroka, having seen that he's gone back to AAA, addressed some issues, um, and I think he could possibly come out firing tomorrow, and we might see the Mike Soroka of old. That would be my hope. So, yeah, I'll take Atlanta in some form, depending on the prices tomorrow. Ah, four Tenniston first pitch, the Washington Nationals at the Seattle Mariners. We have two lefties going here. Uh, Patrick Corbin for Washington and Logan Gilbert for Seattle. We do have lines on this one. Plus 210 Washington, minus 250 on Seattle with a line of eight and a half. Uh, so Patrick Corbin um, has kind of dropped off a little bit. He's currently on one of the lower parts of his curve where he started the season before he recovered quite well. Four and nine, five, 32. Um, and... Again, if you look at his game log or where he's going wrong, what's happening to him, he's just giving everything up. It's the problem. Uh, walks, home runs, hits, you name it. 
um, that Corbyn is is doing it. 6.34, Rhodes, ERA. Logan Gilbert is inconsistent. Um, he's 5-4 and four on the year with a 4.07 ERA. Um, but in his last five starts, he's given up 1-2-6-1-5. So you don't really know what you're going to get. His last time have been good. So, um, so I'm kind of happier to trust that against against Baltimore last time he pitched really well only gave up one earned run through seven innings pitched in that uh, the Nationals are worse against right-handed pitching uh, their June OBP is 290 uh, as a collective which is terrible uh, Seattle 17 points better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching and they're better at home um, I think Corbin could get blown up again here it'll be a Seattle run line for me Dylan yeah, I kind of took the under on this one. I got an eight and a half. I got even money on it. I made my total 8.1. Uh, you can find eights out there for even better money. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm high on Gilbert. I think I say this every time I, I cap him. But he just doesn't give up too much hard contact outside of his last start. And I feel like uh, Corbin, I feel like he's been pretty much serviceable the whole last month. He just doesn't get the run support. That's why there's a bunch of L's across his uh, Wikipedia page. I, I just think we see a pretty low scoring game uh from both pitchers i think uh the manners are a low scoring team regardless so i'm going to be on the under here eight and a half okay so it's an under for dylan um scott what do you have on this one yeah at first glance i was kind of also leaning to the under because seattle as a whole this season has not exactly been good against lefties a uh, seattle against lefties currently ranks 24th in ops so they have struggled a bit against lefties but they have been better against them recently as for Washington, this entire month, they can't hit. It happens. Uh, I don't know if you saw that stat going across. They have not won a series in, what was it, their last like 92 series or something, which is wow. almost impossible. I don't know how you even do that, but still, they've not swept the series in like 92 series or something, which is insane. But I'm going to lean to the under in this one. Once again, it's a spot where Gilbert is kind of like some box of chocolates, but I'm hoping we'll get the good kind. So I'm going to go with the under here. I think he'll pitch relatively well, mostly fading Washington's offense, which I'm not sold on. Shout out to Lane Thomas, though, who's been good lately, but still. Besides that, though, Seattle offensively, once again, not great as a whole against lefties this season. I'm going to lean under. I don't feel great about it. It's really tricky, though, looking at the series when you have a team that's favored, that should be favored, but they're laying roughly 250 and they're around yeah. 500. That's not exactly a good spot there. So I'm going to lean to the under. I don't feel great about it, but there's a couple ways to get there. Maybe Corbin actually pitches decently. Maybe you're looking at Washington once again struggling. I'll lean to the under either way. Um, Captain Sano pointing out that uh, Gilbert has a 1-0-2 whip, which is a great stat. If you put that together with the June OBP of the Nationals at 290, uh, you can see why Washington going to struggle to get on the board. Um, so Seattle would have to do a lot of the heavy lifting tomorrow uh, if they're going to get that total to the over. So, yeah, the under does look like a good play. Uh, the evening slate commences at 7.05 Eastern where the Cincinnati Reds take on the Baltimore Orioles. Luke Weaver uh, will go for Cincinnati. And Kyle Gibson here is the pitcher for Baltimore. Plus 145 on Cincinnati. Minus 170 on Baltimore. Total is set at nine for Dylan. Yeah, I'm going to fade both pitchers here in this spot. Take the over nine. I made my total nine and a half. I'm just not a big fan of either pitcher, especially Weaver on the road. Yeah, the Reds have won five of his uh, last starts, but every single one of those games has been a shootout. He's allowing anywhere from three to seven runs in each of those five starts. His hard hit rate is around 36% for all those five starts. And what worries me is his fly ball rate is extremely high. I think he'll give up uh, a couple deep balls in this one. And don't let Kyle Gibson's record fool you. I, I feel like he's just not been good this month. In his four starts in June, he has a hard rate of hard hit rate of 47%. And what also worries me in this game is his hardest hit games have come at home, which you where you really think they should be pitching better at home than on the road. But uh, the Reds, they're just still playing good baseball. They're swinging the bat well. I think we see runs in this game. So I'm going to take the over here at, at nine. Yeah. I agree with you, Dylan. It looks like an over series. Obviously, we, we had a 10-3 to um, scoreline in the Monday night game. Um, Luke Weaver gives up minimum three earned runs. That's the bare minimum. That's the best you're going to get out of him. Um, and Gibson's been... The entire game. 
Sorry? In the first inning or the entire game? Well, yeah. I mean, he's going to get there eventually. That's the point. Like, you could do it pretty quick. Um, but he's certainly going to get there um, sooner rather than later. Um, and Gibson's been part of my old man feed, which I think has been absolutely spot on. Um, uh, Baltimore have won three straight, going okay. Austin Hayes in great form. If you're looking for a batter prop, he's sitting over 400 in his last 12 starts. But yeah, we saw an over last night. This looks like another one for all the reasons Dylan just gave out. So I'll side with him. I'll take the over nine uh, is the line now. So, Scott? Yeah, I'm on the over as well. I had the over as my YouTube play yesterday at nine and a half. Uh, Cincinnati's a blind over team. When they hit well, they go over. When they don't hit well, they can't pitch. So that's kind of the constant there. Either way, the point is you find a lot of runs. Baltimore scored 10 runs yesterday and only had two extra base hits in the entire game with no home runs, which is extremely impressive. So that tells you that Cincinnati gave up a bunch of walks and singles to basically everybody. But I'm going to go with the over in this game. Weaver is one of my favorite pitchers in the league because I blindly bet overs when he pitches, and he's bad every time. So I'm going to keep going with it. I think Baltimore is going to win this game. Cincinnati has been solid, but the issue is recently they have lost three straight. The bullpen's in shambles. They don't get any time off because no starters go length. And I think Weaver, once again, might have to wear it a little bit if he ends up having to go five innings, giving up 10 hits. I don't mind Baltimore team total over, first five team total over. Cincinnati might get their fair share of good swings in against Gibson as well. I'm on the over, but I do think if you want to blindly fade Weaver, and kind of ignore the Reds a little bit. I don't mind that either. But Baltimore team total over is worth a look. First five team total over. I think Weaver gets shelled. That's kind of the short story of it. Uh, yeah, Randy's been pointing out that he said Cincinnati just look exhausted. Um, a young squad uh, of being mentally and physically um, involved in, in a lot of big games, a lot of good games have been had a lot of momentum. But yeah, they could do with it the off as you were pointing out. Uh, the newly branded Lonte de la Cruz uh, has joined the chat as well. Lonte, how are you doing? Uh, nice to have Lonte on board. Okay, we move to 7.05 Eastern first pitch. The San Diego Padres at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, left-handed pitcher Blake Snell draws the start for San Diego. And Mitch Keller will go for Pittsburgh. Minus 155 for the Padres with Snell. Plus 135 for Pittsburgh. And a total of eight and a half. Scott I'm going to lean to the under in this one. Uh, it's pretty simple for me. Pittsburgh can hit. I feel like that's not exactly a secret anymore. They've been a really bad offensive team for a couple weeks. It's why they lost 10 straight games. It's why they barely win any games. And the series over the weekend against Miami showed that because they couldn't score. But if you want to talk about Snell, I got to give him props because I was fading him for the first month and change, made a decent amount of money. And then he remembered how to pitch because Snell has been amazing for the last month and change. Whether it's strikeouts, earned runs, he's been phenomenal. He's allowed a total of one run allowed in his last five starts combined, which is insane to me. He's had at least 11 strikeouts in each of his last three starts. Home road doesn't matter. He's just been really, really good. I'm going to lean to the under. I'm also going to have to lean to San Diego first five here because Snell's been that good. Keller was decent last time out against Miami, uh, but I do think, once again, Keller has struggled a bit more over the last month and change. But with Snell's recent form, no earned runs, or sorry, one earned run in in his last five starts. I can't go against that. I got to take the Padres first five run line. He's been so good. Uh, Did it? Yeah, another under for me. I got eight and a half. I actually made my total 7.1. I wish I grabbed the nine when lines drop, but uh, eight and a half is all right. Surprisingly I can't enough, it was like, at nine. It opened yeah, up at nine? I, I, really? It opened up at nine and it was there. It, it was like WNBA lines for a minute. It just opened and then it, yeah, you couldn't see it anymore. So grabbed an eight, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like Scott said, he was he's been uh, terrific, Blake Snell, this past month. He's only allowed one run in the in the month of June. He's put together four really solid starts. I think he's gonna have another good game tomorrow against the Pirates team, who they're really struggling to score some runs. So give me the under eight and a half. Um, yeah, I was fine with with the Padres on the on the run line here. Uh, combination of Snell being fire, uh, Keller being unreliable, and Pittsburgh not being able to hit at all. I think the Padres could do this relatively bloodlessly. Uh, so I will take the Padres with the uh, 
the one and a half. By the way, I, to- I want to I want to just read <laughs> off Snell's numbers over the last five starts because I was trying to group them. So the last five starts, thirty-one innings pitched, fifty strikeouts, a point two nine ERA. Yeah, that's all right. Point two nine. Uh, <laughs> we can roll with that. Yeah, I mean, Snell, I, I was the same as you at the start of the season, Scott. As well, he was kind of one of the first players this season that went on my no bet list for a little while. Um, I just didn't know what to do with him. Um, he kind of nibbles around the edges. I had him down as kind of a, as a fancy Ryan Yarbrough or kind of Kyle Hendricks. Then all of a sudden, um, he, he's put it together and he's very much on the must bet list now rather than rather than the no bet list. 7.07 Eastern first pitch. This game is off the board. It's the San Francisco Giants at the Toronto Blue Jays. Logan Webb for San Francisco. Uh, TBD for Toronto and I have zero clue who this was going to be, uh, and I've nothing else to add to this one at all. Have either of you boys seen a Blue Jays pitcher or a line at all? Uh, I see a no. line. Yeah, line. You see a line. Up. No, I okay. see Toronto being favored with no pitcher. Uh, they're around minus 122. <laughs> yeah, minus 122 for the Blue Jays, plus 104 for the Giants, over under eight and a half. Okay. Um I mean, I don't mind Logan Webb. He's pretty consistent. He's seven and six on the year, three sixteen ERA. That works. Um, he's gone at least seven innings in four of his last five starts and given up three two three four three earned runs. Um, you get maximum two walks out of him, so you pretty much know what you're going to get. Uh, the Giants have won his last four starts as well, uh, and that is the point. My handicap of this game dries up because I have nothing else to add. So, anything else you boys want to want to stick into this? I'll lean yeah. Giants if I had to pick a side. At least I know which pitcher is going for San Francisco, and I know that Webb's reliable. And even when he's been decent, he still goes seven innings, so he can give your bullpen a nice rest because he tends to go length. I'm not sure Toronto's going to use. Uh, they are not going to use Manoa, I'll tell you that much, but still, uh, that's a separate can of worms. I still think that Toronto might be piecing some stuff together. They might have to call somebody up at the last minute. Maybe it's a bullpen game. But for the sake of looking at whoever Toronto is going to use, the person's going to be worse than Logan Webb. So I'm going to go with Logan Webb. At plus yeah, I was, I was just thinking that which of the Blue Jays rotation where it have to be for you to move the line. And it can't be Gorsman because he's going tonight. And after that, it's all kind of much of a muchness. So no one the rollout is going to put you off particularly. Uh, you just mentioned Alec Mano. A couple of people in the chat are bringing him up as well. Did pitch today in the Florida complex against the New York's under eights. I think it was in when, yeah, two and one third, something like 10 hits, 11 earned runs, something horrible. So yeah, uh, clearly whatever they're doing hasn't fixed him yet. So good luck, Alec, uh, sorting that out. I think uh, it's, would, um, yeah, I was me. doing some digging while you guys were talking. I think it's going to be a bullpen game. Trevor Richards yeah. okay. going for him, but yeah, I, I got to lean with the giants at plus money as well with you guys. Um, Underdog Fantasy are here and Best Ball Mania 4. Uh, it's given away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and college baseball player props. Loads of ways to win over an Underdog Fantasy and active in a lot of states to head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use a promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, next year's a little bit of daylight for everyone. It's a 7 10 Eastern first pitch between the Milwaukee Brewers and the New York Mets. Uh, Left handed pitcher Wade Miley goes for the Brewers. Dylan's shaking his head vigorously. It looks like he might fall off already. Uh, Kodai Senga will go for the Mets, who are a minus 140 favourite. No thanks. Plus 120 <laughs> on the Brewers, and nine is the total. Scott, are you uh, filling the Mets in tomorrow? How do you feel about this? Uh, I'm not going to lay with the Mets, no offense. Uh, I do think, though, that Senga's the better pitcher in this matchup, but that doesn't matter because Buck can't use the bullpen. So it's really just a matter of finding out if you want to maybe take Senga first five. Maybe you hope that they can hold on. Uh, But at the end of the day, when he's barely going to use Robertson, he's barely going to use half his relievers, he's going to bring in the bad relievers instead because he can I'm sure Dylan has a lot to say about Showalter with his decision-making. Maybe he doesn't want to. But the point is, I don't trust anything the Mets do, and I feel like everyone's on the same page here. So I'm going to lean to Miley and the Brewers here at plus money. 
it's more just on principle. Like, I understand that he can make an argument that Sanga's better and the Mets have more talent on paper. At some point, talent goes out the window because your team just can't win games. So I'm going to go with the Brewers. I think they'll find a way to get it done. I'll lean to the under, though. I think you're going to see an ugly game. But unless the ghost fork goes in nine innings, I think Buck finds a way to blow this game again. I'll go with the un- I'll go with the under and I'll lean to Milwaukee. Hey, Dylan, what would you like to tell us about the New York Mets tonight, mate? Oh, man. Was uh, I too harsh or was I just right? No, you were correct on everything you said. They need to fire him. They should have fired him already, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the line's opened up minus 130. I just don't understand how money's coming in on the Mets. How are they a minus 145 favorite? Uh, they lost 18 of 21 games. They're not backable at any price. You could give me a plus 150, and I still won't back the Mets. Just take their Mets team total under. Hopefully, you can get a four and a half or four. Take that under. The Mets have a combined seven runs all together in the four games they played against the Braves this season. In two of those games, they laid goose eggs. Fade this team. Buck does anything in his power to to cost us the game. We're pl- we can't even play competent baseball. Brett Beatty can't make a play. He put he puts in the wrong guys, and then he comes out after the game and says, "Hey, I was thinking about next game. I'm proud of him. <laughs> proud." I- I'm done. There you go, Malcolm. By the way, since it's eight and a half for a total, you actually might be able to get the Mets team total under four and a half at even or plus money. Yeah, I like that. So, I mean, one of the things we said on last night's show was that the Mets had lost 12 games when they'd scored six or more runs, but they seem to have a whole different variety of ways of losing games. They'll do, if they can do something different every night, whatever you want them to do. So last night, they kept the Brewers down to two, to a, to a one. Uh, a two-run homer, one scoring shot, and then still couldn't manage to get it done because they only scored one. So if they score six, they'll lose it. Um, but when they needed to score three, they couldn't do that again last night. Uh, yeah, they're absolutely on the naughty step for me. Um, if you bet them, you shouldn't be allowed money. It's another one of those situations. Um, and the Brewers are actually going okay. They've won seven of ten. This isn't just about fading the Mets. The Brewers have won seven and ten. Uh, Christian Yelich is... Right, they swept Cleveland, I think, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Christian Yelich is um, really high up on a lot of charts this month. He's sitting out with his skin, so Yelich prop. But yeah, you have to take um, the the Brewers again on everything you do, know, and also on principle, as Scott says. Um, I'll take Milwaukee and plus add insult to injury. They're smiling, walking back to the dugout. They're proud of the way they've been playing. <laughs> I still can't I mean, get over the Sunday game. That eighth inning, yeah. I can't, I can't oh. get over that. Well, I, I didn't realize Buck was the same pitcher who messed up in the playoffs against Toronto when Jose... Yeah, Bates. he used Ubaldo instead yeah. of Britton. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. It just all makes sense now. Yeah, if there was ever a time to try and get a five-out save from Robertson, Sunday was the time to do it. Just fuck it. We need to win this game. Go and go, sort of go through the barrier and just get us this win. And he just wasn't able to pull the trigger on that train of thoughts for whatever reason. And then you say the interview's painful to watch. Like he looked, he looked a little bit like Tony Russo last year. Um, he just looked a bit baffled by everything, you know, a little bit overwhelmed. So yeah, um, it's all a little bit ugly uh, at the moment down there. Next up, we have a seven ten Eastern first pitch between the Miami Marlins and the Boston Red Sox. Um, more off the board stuff, unfortunately. Left-handed pitcher Braxton Garrett is confirmed for Miami. Boston is TBD. I've got Brandon Walker uh, going for Boston. I have no lines. Dylan, did you have? Did you manage to knock anything up on this no. game at all? Yeah, I didn't have lines. I didn't see him going either. I saw Garza maybe going. Oh, okay. For him, but yeah, either way, I probably lean with the Marlins here. Uh, Luis Arais, any any batter prop, HRR, total base prop for him as well. Both playing uh, some good baseball. Red Sox 6-4 and four in their last 10, Marlins 7-3. and three. Uh, But I, I like Garrett. I, I feel like he's been he's been better than the way he started the season. So depending on the price, uh, if I could get a nice plus price, because you got to think Boston's going to open up the favorite at home, maybe a plus 120, plus 125. I'll take the fish here. Um, it's Brandon Walter, not uh, Brandon Walker. He was pitched in one game this season, a game that they lost six nothing uh, to the Twins. But nothing much about this. I do, I do think Miami will be a serviceable price or whatever we see, really. Um, and I'm kind of falling a little bit for Braxton Garrett. He's one of my favourites at the minute. 
Um, he's fine on the road. Um, Walter did okay on debut, but did lose. And I expect the same outcome again here. I would take Miami. Um, Scott, any light to shed on this one? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Miami. I, I ended up backing... Uh, I backed Garrett last start against Pittsburgh, and he pitched well. Uh, struck out double-digit guys, actually. He was really good in that start. So you mentioned two pitchers potentially for Boston who might start. Walter did have uh, one appearance in the majors this year. He pitched relatively well. However, his minor numbers are atrocious. Uh, this season in the minors, 13 appearances, 6.28 ERA. You also mentioned Garza. But he's potentially an opener because he's appeared in 13 games, but he's only pitched 14 innings. So you might have some type of combination there, or maybe Garza is an opener for Walter. Either way, the point is that I think that you're looking at Miami having the much better starting pitcher because Garrett I like. So I'll go with Miami first five, maybe full game. Boston offensively, I know how good they can be. However, they were in good form about a week or two ago. Then at the end of that Minnesota series, they kind of started struggling. And they even lost a road series to the White Sox. They've lost four or five, so I'm not exactly sold on the recent form. And the offense hasn't exactly been great. They've scored less than five runs in each of their last five games. So I do think that you're going to see Miami open up a lead here. I'll take the Marlins at what should be plus money. Yeah, if that is plus money, I will absolutely be getting involved in that one. Um, 7.45 Eastern first pitches, the Houston Astros at the St. Louis Cardinals. Christian Javier... Confirmed for the Astros. TBD for St. Louis. I reckon it's Miles Michaelis. Um, a few boys have seen any different. But uh, yeah, no lines and forty for this one. Um, Christian Javier has been outstanding. Seven and one on the year with a uh, 325 ERA. Did have a little bump in the road last time out against the Mets. Pitched uh, two and one third. Gave up four earned runs. But five walks um, in that. Um, in that game. And on his last, his road start before that um, at Cleveland, gave up uh, seven hits and three walks and five, uh, four earned runs. So his last two road starts have been a cause for concern. Uh, Miles Michaelis, again, just uh, been out on him for the last six or so weeks. One and four in his last five starts with a 4.22 ERA. He's 4.97 at home. Uh, St. Louis have lost. Um, his last four starts as well. Now, so they still score plenty of runs. Um, and I think yeah, either either or both pitches could give up a few runs. So without seeing a line, I would take it over. I can't I don't think the line will be very high with the presence of Javier and make this maybe eight, eight and a half. Um, but I'd probably be uh, I'd be taking the over if I see that line starting with an eight something. Dylan, what um total did you make this? So there are lines out on FanDuel. Oh. Uh, Cardinals minus 120, plus 102 for the uh, Astros over-unders at nine. Okay. Um, but, uh, I'll take uh, over nine and get my money back with a push is what's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I actually like the Astros here. I made them a minus 120 favorite. I just feel like the Cardinals shouldn't be favored against the Astros no matter who's on the mound. Uh, Miles Michaelis, I think he will be going. That's who's listed. He's lost four straight starts. His hard hit rate continues to go up in every start. He's just not someone I really want to back at this point of the year. And Christian Javier, he's only had one bad start on the road. It was against the Guardians. But outside of that, he's been really solid on the road, and his hard rate is extremely low. So I just think the Ashes are a much better team. I'll take the plus 102. Short puppy, but give me the Ashes here. Um, having seen those lines, I would put up the Astros as well. Absolutely. Nicholas uh, was kind of an auto-fade for me anyway. So uh, looking at that line for Houston, completely agreed. Scott, team right? Yeah. Uh, Houston's fallen off a cliff because of Alvarez's injury, but I've mentioned this time and time again. Feels like every time all three of us are on the show, I got to repeat the same speech. Why are the Cardinals favored in these games? They're minus 120. They're a I bad the baseball same team. thing about the Mets. Yeah. I guess <laughs> that's fair. But, yeah. I mean, you make an argument, at least the NL Central, the Brewers might not be that good. I know Houston's been struggling, but they have probably the better starting pitcher on the mound. Cardinals... Is it going to be their second game back from London? But once again, they're not a great baseball team in general. The bullpen's not good either. I'll link to Houston. I feel like at plus money, I kind of have to. But for the sake of this game, I've made so much money fading the Cardinals this year. I can afford to be wrong if I do it again. 
I'll take I'll take the Astros here. Um, yeah, um, this is the second game back, but I do think that little uh, hangover, that little travel hangover, might last more than one day. Um, anyone watching the stream wondering why I appear to be having some sort of fit? I was taking my socks off, is what I was doing, because it's suddenly become unbearably hot in here, and I was in grave danger of uh, overheating. So that's what that was. I will launch them across the room. 8.05 Eastern first pitch is the Detroit Tigers at the Texas Rangers. Left-handed pitcher Joey Wentz goes for Detroit and Dane Dunning goes for Texas. We do have some lines here. Minus uh, 200 for Texas at home with plus 170 on the Tigers and a total of nine, Dylan. Yeah, I can't believe I was able to get a uh, plus money when the lines dropped on the Rangers run line. I took that plus 105. You can actually even get even money still over at DraftKings on the Texas Rangers uh, run line. I also lean over nine as well. I made my total 9.8. I just got to fade Joey Wentz here on the road. His last five starts have been awful. His hard hit rate is around 43%. And, uh, you know, I, I don't let... I just don't think the Rangers, I know they've lost a few games now, but I still think they're, they're the much better team. Dane Dunning, he's all right. His hard hit rate was around 66% uh, that one game against the Tigers. But, I mean, I would argue that he kind of got lucky in that game. I know that they they beat the Rangers that game. I just don't, I just don't trust them here on the road. The Rangers are going to turn this thing around. Not going to overthink this one. I, I like the Rangers big here tomorrow. I think they score a lot of runs as well. So Rangers on the run line, and I also like the over. Okay, Dylan, keeping it simple, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rangers run line as well. Uh, Wentz did pretty well against the Rangers' first start the season, but he did give up seven hits, and he did go less than five innings. So it did seem like Texas stranded a lot of guys on base. So I, they made good contact. They just couldn't capitalize. But Wentz is really just not a great pitcher, and I'm being generous because he's literally 1-8 and eight with a 6.72 ERA. But – I think at the end of the day, Texas is going to be able to get a lot of opportunities against them and the Tigers' bullpen. The Tigers have lost each of Wentz's last four starts by multiple runs, so they're not covering the run line either. Uh, whenever he starts, the reverse run line. And I know that Detroit did win yesterday. Heaney not exactly in great form, so I'm not totally shocked by that, especially with the hard-hit numbers that he had. But still, you're looking at Detroit's offense. It's a triple-A team. I mean, it is what it is. It's yeah. not their fault. Half the roster is injured. But I do think when you're looking at the talent from top to bottom, it's not even close. I think Wentz will probably get shelled. And I think that Dunning, who's actually been really good this year, and especially lately, last uh, two starts for Dunning, 13 innings, four earned runs. So he's been solid against two good offenses, against Toronto and the Yankees. I know the Yankees have been quiet lately, but still. I'm just going to go with the Rangers on the run line here. Not going to overthink it. I'll take the best home offensive team against Wentz with a pretty good pitcher on the mound in their own right. Give me the Rangers run one. See, I don't mind Wentz. He's not, I don't think he is terrible, but there's a stark, dif <clears throat> a stark difference when he's pitching on the road. Um, and that's, that's the reason for my uh, fate here. My pick is going to be the Texas rundown with you two. Um, Detroit had their win on Monday night. Uh, one little interesting nugget here is that Detroit haven't lost back-to-back -back games uh, since June the 14th. So if Detroit so lose tonight, the if they lose tonight on the Tuesday, it means they can't lose tomorrow. Uh, so we'll have to call an audible and back them tomorrow. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be a Texas run line, really. It was, uh, that was the, the standout ball and pick play uh, on this evening's card. 8.05 Eastern is the Philadelphia Phillies at the Chicago Cubs. Aaron Nola for Philadelphia and left-handed pitcher Drew Smiley for the Chicago Cubs. Minus 116 for the Phillies. Even money, plus 100 on the Cubs. Total is eight. Scott, lead us off. So this one, I feel it could go either way. I do like the Phillies on Tuesday because of the jet lag angle with the Cubs and you know all that stuff. But I think for the sake of this game, I think I'm going to go back to it. I think I'm going to take the Phillies here. Uh, Nola, I know, has not exactly been great lately, but I'm looking at Chicago's recent form. They've been pretty good, but I did see some concerning things in that London series, and I do think that when you're looking at Smiley's numbers against Philly in his career, not great. Philly's active batters, 90 plate appearances, a 301 batting average, and a 356 on base percentage. But Philly's been good. They won, they've won 8 of 11. Uh, they did manage to win the series over the weekend against the Mets. And I do think when you're looking at 
just where the talent lies between these teams, I think Philly's the more talented team. And I do think that when you're looking at which pitcher is better, Smiley's had a good year, but I think we'd agree in terms of talent, Nola is the better starting pitcher. I'm going to go with Nola here. I think it's a pretty cheap line for, in what my opinion, is the better team, and I don't think it's really close. So I'm going to go with the Phillies to get it done here at minus 116. I'd be shocked if this line was still 116 uh, as it got closer to game time. I know Nola's numbers aren't great on the road, but Nola did pitch very well against the Braves last time out, six innings, no runs. So I do think maybe he might have turned a, uh, turned a corner there. But to go through his numbers against the Cubs in his career, a ton of at-bats. The Cubs have faced him 157 times with plate appearances, a 174 a batting average, and a 217 on base percentage. So a massive amount of reps, and they can't touch him. I'm taking Nola. Okay, uh, Dylan, you often have a little weather report uh, at the Cubs with regard to the tool. What's the wind doing tomorrow? Do you know? Yeah, the wind is going to be pushing in. We got nine mile an hour winds blowing in tomorrow, but I still lean over. I made my total 9.8. I don't know. I feel like we, we could see some runs in this one. I actually lean Cubs. I made them a minus 110 favorite. I just I just can't trust Aaron Nola at this point. So I, I lean Cubs and I lean over in this one. Yeah, I was the same as you did, and I was over. I've got the word trust written down, which is the word you just mentioned. He had one good start. Um, he's five games he started at the Cubs um, in his career. At Wrigley Field, he has a 5.23 ERA. Uh, Drew Smiley gives up a few as well. Um, so that was enough for me. They can both contribute, uh, and we can get over that total of eight. Eight, ten Eastern first pitch between the Cleveland Guardians and the Kansas City Royals. Uh, game is off the board. We have Logan Allen, left-handed pitcher for Cleveland. Uh, Kansas City is officially TBD. Um, I've got Austin Cox written down here, um, which is uh, bullpen day, probably. Uh, no lines at all, so a bit of a scuffy one to try and handicap. I can tell you a little bit about Logan Allen, 3-2 and two with a 3.68 ERA. He's run into some issues lately after a hot start in the majors. Um, the Guardians have still won uh, his last five starts. Um, and KC are one of the better opposition for you to go and face um, for Logan Allen. So Austin Cox has pitched 12 and a third out of the bullpen. Hasn't given up any runs yet, so he's going along okay. Um if, I mean, if you gave me $50 right now and told me to back someone, I don't want either side. Um, you've got two poor offences. Um, I think Logan Allen will pitch well. And even if Cleveland win, it's a classic. They're going to win it 4-1 to one or something. So I would lead towards the under, uh, but I'm short of information to give you much more than that. Scott, you've got anything on this? Yeah, for me, I'm just going to take a spin here with the underdog. Uh, I know that back in Kansas City, any time is usually a waste of money. But for the sake of the actual spot here, I wish I had a line on it. I'm assuming Cleveland's going to be a pretty decent favorite with Allen pitching, but Allen has run into trouble. Now, last start, he was pretty decent as he gave up no runs against Oakland. The problem was he threw 89 pitches in four innings, and he only went four innings. So he didn't go any length. Gave up uh, five earned in three innings against the Padres, six innings, five runs against the Astros. So he's not exactly been great lately, but I think it's just a spot where I think Cleveland's a bit overvalued. This team we know can't score no matter who they're against. Cleveland got swept. They didn't get swept, sorry. They lost two out of three against the Brewers over the weekend. But I do think when you're looking at a spot here to maybe take a spin with the underdog here, I don't know. I just feel like some alarm bells are going off for me where Cleveland might be too big of a favorite. I'm going to lead to Kansas City. Why not? I'll take a spin. Okay, Scott's gone for the big dog. Dylan? Uh, I kind of agree with you, Al, uh, Mal. I think it will be um, a lower-scoring game, the typical 4-1, 4-2 type game. But I see Jose Cuas, C-U-A-S. Okay, yeah. He's going to be probably a bullpen game. He'll probably start an inning or two, but uh, yeah, I really can't trust the bullpen of the of the uh, Kansas City Royals either way. But uh, I actually like Jose Ramirez and uh, his total base prop, his HRR. I think he's been smashing lately. So anything J Ram, I like him. So I don't really want to touch either side to be honest, because I really I think, feel like yeah. 
and I just feel like uh, the Guardians are going to be a much bigger favorite than I anticipate. I don't want to back them. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we all agree on the under, but the argument is since there's going to yeah. be a decent favorite and you're not expecting many runs, there's probably value on the underdog because you're not expecting the yeah. favorite to do much anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. QS opened the game at Tampa Bay uh, last Thursday. Um, went four batters, gave up uh, two wound yeah. runs. It was, it was um, not in good. the game. Kansas City did win, though, Scott. So you've uh, you, you'd have picked a winner that night. They they beat Tampa Bay six to five on that occasion. So he kept them live. Next is in eight forty first pitch between the LA Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies. Um, we have Kyle Freeland going for Colorado and another TBD off the board pitcher, and I have absolutely nothing on the Dodgers pitcher at all. Uh, Dylan, we'll throw this across to you if you've got any information. Uh, a bit of a frustrating card, this for uh, TBD pitchers and OTB games. Yeah, kind of frustrating, but both teams not really going well. 5-5 five and five for the Dodgers last 10-2-8 and eight for the Rockies. Uh, I'm not a fan of Kyle Freeland, even at home. He's given up a lot of hard contact. I think it might be um, Michael Grove going for okay. the Dodgers, but... He's a little better. He still has a lot of hard hit rate as well. Two teams I really don't trust. In cores, I think we're going to see some runs tomorrow. So uh, probably be on the over. If we could get like an 11, 11 and a half, I'd probably be on the over. But I don't I don't want to back either, either side. Dodgers probably going to open up a minus 160, minus 165 favorite if I had to guess. But uh, I need a much bigger uh, plus price to take the Rockies. So I'll probably look towards the over here. Uh, Scott, we were happy enough to take the over um, 12 for the Tuesday night game with Kershaw and Seaboard. So what about the big number here for this one? I have no idea uh, for the for this game. I mean, it's really difficult to pick because Freeland has been hit or miss. His numbers against the Dodgers in his career, though, are actually not that bad. And if you want to just talk about a, a, an example of that, Mookie Betts is only 6 for 29 against him lifetime. So he has had some success pitching against the top of the order. But you're looking at who could potentially start for the Dodgers. If it is Grove, I don't think Grove's that good. The problem is the Rockies, on paper, no matter how you look at them, this offense stinks. Like, their lineup is really, really bad, even at home. So the argument is, even if Freeland pitches decently, do I think the Rockies are actually going to be able to make Grove pay? I don't know the answer to that. So I'm really on the fence here. I think if I was going to go for a pretty interesting play, which sounds extremely dangerous, maybe Dodgers' first five team total under. If that's a th- okay. Only if it's at like three and a half. If it's a three and a half, maybe I'll consider it. Because Freeland, once again, has actually been decent against the Dodgers in his career. But for the sake of this game, I only have one listed pitcher. I don't have any lines. It's a pass until further notice. Like I was trying to figure out something. I, I can't. All I know is I really can't bet Colorado because with Crone being injured and with Bryant being injured, they have nobody that I that I actually like on this entire team. I think no, I think Nolan's okay as as a young rookie, but still, I think I'm just going to go with the Dodgers team total under in the first five and pray. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, Randy saying that uh, Grove followed Kershaw's last start last time through the rotation, so it uh, could very well be Grove. The only thing I've, I've fetched out here is that. Um, Grove has given up seven home runs in his last 19 innings yep. pitched. Um, so you've got a, yes, you've got a chance of um, picking a couple of Colorado players who might be able to hit it out. But apart from that, it was a no bet for me. Um, just again, lack of information. And I wasn't too disappointed at having a no bet because I was struggling to find an angle in. Anyway, uh, 9.38 Eastern first pitch is the Chicago White Sox at the LA Angels. Lucas Giolito for Chicago and Jaime Berea for the Angels. Plus 110 on the White Sox, minus 130 on LA with a total of nine. Uh, Lucas Giolito, five and five, 341 ERA. He's in good form. 2.17 ERA in his last five starts. His last two road starts have been excellent as well. He faced the Angels once so far this season, gave up. Um, three earned in five innings pitched. Two homers cost him that day. I'm expecting a good start um, tomorrow from Giolito. Lewis Robert is in outstanding form uh, for the White Sox as well, if you're looking for a batter to, to follow. Jaime Berea 
uh, two and two on the year, two fourteen ERA. He's bouncing around between starting appearances and long relief appearances. He's pretty reliable. Um, he uh, this is really really close. I found a deciding factor. I found a kind of key to the game at the prices, which for me is the Angels' home form against Chicago's road form. Um, Otani is another player who's uh, in great form. 11 home runs in June. I just think with the, the split difference between, like I say, the Angels at home and the White Sox on the road. And what was really a coin toss, um, I think the Angels are more reliable in this spot. So I'll take the Angels at minus 130, Dylan. Yeah, very slight lean towards the under nine, but nothing too concrete. This was just a game I really didn't have a good feeling on. They, I feel like the Angels should win this game, but I, I saw them at a minus 140. I mean, I only made them a minus 130 favorite, and my, I set my total at 8.6. So both teams, they've been playing in so many low-scoring games. Nine just seems a little high. White Sox 4-0-1 toward the under in their last five games. So... Angels 8-2 and two toward the under in their last 10 games. So I just think we see a lot of low-scoring games between these two clubs. So I'm going to lean under in this one. Okie doke, Scott. Yeah, for this one, I feel like I'm seeing the side-eye with Malcolm. I'm going to go with the Angels at home. Yesterday was a perfect example of why you really should not put money ever on the White Sox because in a 1-1 game in the ninth inning, they brought in Bummer to pitch, who's got an ERA north of six. I don't know the thought process there. I don't know why he's still on the team. But then again, for the White Sox, they just invent new and creative ways to lose. The Angels, they might fall apart at some point, but as of right now, they're playing pretty good baseball. I know they lost a series over the weekend, despite outscoring Colorado by roughly 30 in one game. But still, (laughs) I'm going to go with the Angels at home. Barry has been pretty good. Giolito's been okay, but he does pitch to contact, which could be a bit of a problem, especially with Otani and Trout in the lineup, and uh, Moniak, who's been very good. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Angels. They have a lot of talent in the lineup. The White Sox, besides Robert, who has been really good, or Robert, they don't really have many, many other guys who've really stepped up. So yesterday was a good example. Uh, Robert had a solo home run in the first inning, and they scored no runs in the final eight innings of the game. So I'm going to go with the Angels. Besides that, the Angels' bullpen's been decent. The White Sox' bullpen's not very good. I think it's a low number for the Angels at home. The penultimate game on the card this evening is the Tampa Bay Rays at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach Eflin for Tampa Bay and Zach Davies for Arizona. Minus 150, the Rays. Plus 130 on the Diamondbacks. I've got my Diamondbacks hat on tonight, if you've noticed. Uh, total set at nine, Dylan. Yeah, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite plays. I love the over eight and a half. I felt like that was a gift in my opinion. I made my total 10.3. It's not so much that I'm fading Zach Eflin. I know his record and his ERA aren't the best on the road, but I feel like you shouldn't pay attention to that. His hard hit rate on the road has only gone above 40% one time this season. He's pitching a lot better than his ERA is telling you. In the last month, he's had six starts with an average hard hit rate of 33%. He gets a lot of ground balls it's more of a fate of zach davies if i'm being honest especially the way he pitches at home four of his last five starts at home have gone over this number his hard hit rate at home are in the 70s so uh, he's just getting shelled i I think the race tee off on him tomorrow i think the snakes they're capable of scoring a few runs themselves as well so two top five lineups i think we see a ton of runs so give me the over eight and a half i completely agree with you uh dylan Zach Eflin set a few speed bumps lately after a, an outstanding opening to his season. So he's slowing down a little bit and he has been worse on the road. Um, the last three games Zach Davis appeared in have featured 13, 15 and 18 runs. Um, that's plenty of runs. So yeah, the over eight and a half looked um, a pretty pretty happy place for me to stop on this one, um, Scott. Yeah, I'm with both of you, but I'll go with the Rays team total over instead. Uh, just looking at how bad Davies is, you can make an argument that he's a bottom three starting pitcher in the league. Uh, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Not only has he given up a lot of runs, he hasn't gone any distance whatsoever, which is correlated, obviously. But you're looking at his last three starts, uh, six earned runs, eight earned runs, four earned runs, including errors, six runs, nine runs, six runs, and he's gone a total of 10 and two-thirds. And if you're looking at the actual results, the Diamondbacks have lost each of those games by at least three runs. 
I think the Rays win this game comfortably, but for the sake of convenience, I'll take the team total because you get a guaranteed nine of bats of the road team. Tampa, it's a lot of home runs. Davies has a hard time really of just doing anything right. He's walked three plus guys in two of his last three starts, doesn't strike anybody out, and Tampa's got a lot of depth on the lineup. Give me Tampa team total over. They might score eight runs in this game. Just give me Tampa over. Okay, love it. Uh, final game here is the New York Yankees at the Oakland Athletics. Domingo Herman for New York and left-handed pitcher. Um, I nearly said Freddie Sears. Freddie Sears plays for, uh, used to play for Crystal Palace about nine years ago in the Premier League. Uh, J.P. Sears, left-handed pitcher uh, for Oakland, who are plus 135 at home, minus 155 for the Yankees with Herman. And a total of eight, Scott, finishes off with a good winner. So the Yankees have been playing better lately. They won a series over the weekend against Texas. They still can't score, but they found a way to win a couple games. The problem is Jermon's last two starts have been worse than Zach Davies. Uh, he's been really, really bad. Uh, he was having a good run for two straight starts. Then the last two, five and a third, 15 hits allowed, 17 runs allowed, 15 earned. And Sears, on the other hand, has actually been good at home. He's been pretty good lately. He's given up less than three earned in... I see four of the last five. I was trying to see if it went deeper than that. Um, he's given up less than three earned in actually four of the last five. So I think my play here is actually going to be the Athletics team total over, or maybe even considering the Athletics first five. Sears has been pretty good, but for the most part, German. I mean, if you're going to give up 15 earned... 17 runs in your last two starts. I'm not laying 155 with you. It's just not going to happen. So give me Oakland first five here, potentially a team total over, which should be very low, but I can't back Jermon. He's been a gas can. Yeah, that's fair enough. Got no arguments with that. Um, Dylan? Yeah, I'm on the first five under. Surprisingly enough, uh, like Scott said, Yankees were able to take two of three from the Rangers over the weekend. In this spot on the road against J.P. Sears, He's been going all right, I feel like. He's better at home, obviously. He's faced this Yankees lineup. Uh, much different, obviously, without Judge in there. But I think at home, Sears can have success. Uh, most of his hard hit rate at home has been below 40% uh, of that mark that we're looking for. So I, I feel like they could go. I, I just worry about Domingo Herman. I agree with Scott. I'm, he's not that good in his recent form. So give me first five under. I think both uh, teams struggle coming out of the gate. Um, I've got a real issue with handicapping Oakland games and then not picking them to either win or win on the first five. I don't know what is. I'm just speaking, you might have been able to hear me in the background flicking through my little notebook to try and find a day when I didn't end up picking them. Because for the Monday night game, I was laughing about this last night, Oakland first five. The pick I've got to tonight is Oakland first five. Thankfully, kind of, I've got a bit of affirmation off Scott, which is trying to convince me that I'm not going mad. But every page I turn back, I've either got Oakland outright or Oakland first five written down. So it's probably not been a profitable uh, thing, but I'm out on her man, especially on the road. And I'm kind of in on Sears. Um, so <laughs> I've got Oakland first five. I'm not doing it on purpose. Call it as you see it. So yeah, that will be my play again tomorrow. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, has all 15 games handicapped. And Dylan, do you feel like leading us off with your lock and dog? Yeah, I'll lead it off this uh, this episode. We'll go right back to the game we were just talking about, Rays and Diamondbacks. Uh, I like the over eight and a half. It, it might go up to nine. I still like it. I set my total at uh, 10.2. It's not that, like I said, it's not like I'm fading Zach F and I'm fading Zach Davies, which I think Scott's correct. He might not even be at bottom five. He might be bottom two pitcher in the league, to be honest. So just going to fade him. I think the D-backs, uh, or excuse me, I think the Rays tee off on him. And for my dog, um, let me ask Mal permission. Can I take the uh, <laughs> Arizona? Uh, can I take Astros plus one hundred two? Is that too small, Dylan? If that's what you want to do, you can do it, mate. I'm well, not going to stop you, but you, you can do it. You know. Yeah, oh yeah, I know, do, yeah. I, I know you're going to judge me. I, I already knew that. Uh, 
let's let's not do that because I don't want to be judged. Uh, I'll take the Marlins because it's I do me. think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now I, you just I, gave I, him the peer pressure, so now we think less <laughs> of what. We're gonna yeah, do. yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> give, give me give me the Astros. I, I just think you can't have the Cardinals as a favorite. I think the Astros much better pitcher, much better lineup. Uh, I think they smoked the Cardinals. I can't fit. I can't back Miles Mackalas here. So gonna take Christian Javier and the Astros small dog. Take him on the run line, Dill. Yeah, reverse on line minus one and a half. Whatever. There you go. Sorted. Uh, uh, Scott, what do you have? All right. Uh, so for this one, I'm going to for my lock go with the Rays team total over at about four and a half. Not going to overthink this one. You have a bottom two pitcher in the league. I mentioned Davies' numbers. Uh, Arizona might get killed. They might not because F1 hasn't been great either. But I know for a fact that. Davies probably shouldn't be in the majors at this point. So I'm going to go with the Rays team total over. You're going to give me one of the better offenses in the league against one of the worst pitchers in the league with a guaranteed nine of bats. Give me the team total over four and a half. I think that line's insane. I think it'll probably go up. So I'll take that as my lock for my dog. I'm going to go with a run line, but I want to make sure that it is actually plus money before I give it out. Uh, I currently see plus 110. So I'm going to go with plus 110 on the Padres, minus one and a half. Simply put, Pittsburgh, really, really bad team. If you take out the first couple weeks, maybe the first month of the season, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. Big reason they can't hit. And Blake Snell, last five starts. Once again, a .29 ERA. And I want to read off Keller's numbers against the Padres, or I should say uh, the Padres batters numbers against Keller. San Diego's actually been really good against Keller in uh, their career. So to go through the actual numbers here, San Diego has had a decent amount of plate appearances, roughly 58. A 377 batting average and a 431 on base percentage. Keller's been hit or miss recently, but Snell's been, I don't even know, the reincarnation of Nolan Ryan with 11 strikeouts in every game. So I'm going to go with the Padres' run line here. I know this team still isn't great, they've been better lately, but it's mostly backing Snell because I kind of have to. Give me the Padres' run line a plus 110. Um, well, I'll follow that up with the, that pick was my luck, the Padres' run line. I had two, actually, two run lines, um, which I, I was just looking up those prices, Scott, as you were talking. I had the Padres' run line at plus 110. And Texas was the other one uh, that we all liked earlier on. Um, Texas' run line is plus 101. Uh, so two plus money locks, um, although Padres were the official one. And for my dog, I just have to keep fading the Mets. Um, I might even, Dylan, be single-handedly trying to save your season if I can uh, if if I can jinx the Brewers by picking them. Uh, the Mets might be able to get on a little run. But otherwise, you just can't do anything else. And it's not just a fade of the Mets. The Brewers have been playing well as um, the bat's been going okay and Wade Miley's been going okay. So plus 120. Looks like a more than fair price for me. Um, I think we're all done, folks. Thank you very much, Dylan. What's happening the rest of the evening? Anything you need to tell us about? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, basically to summarize, uh, the GM, Billy Epler, he came out and had a press conference today to address all the the woes and shellacking that the Mets have had. They, so basically, just to summarize it, He's confident in this coaching staff. So he, they're just going to make some internal changes, but he believes in the coaching staff, believes in the players. So I guess the internal focus is on proving what's already here. Don't know how that's going to go, but we'll see. Okay, fair enough. Um, Scott, what's happening? Uh, nothing much. Uh, what's going on with you? Now, overall, uh, looking forward to the games tonight. Looking forward to the games tomorrow. Be fun. Uh, besides that, though, uh, yeah, just a bunch of uh, sports going on, WNBA, a uh, couple picks, of course, for tonight's games. Then uh, I'm sure I'll have an episode or two later on in the week. Besides that, tennis podcast, going to have another one over the weekend. But, yeah, pretty much it. Just looking forward to the games. Yeah, it's Neddy Wimbledon time, isn't it? Um, it is. Wim- Wimbledon's so in about a week. Eastbourne was on today. Have you been covering Eastbourne on the tennis podcast? I was. I actually had, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of, who, I had the under in the Sonigo and Zhang match, and that got there. So ah, um, The BBC has so little sport left because they've got no money, won't pay for anything. They, they, like, the Eastbourne, this women's tennis tournament is one of the few things. Uh, so I watched a little bit of the uh, ladies' tennis this afternoon in the sunshine. Um, yeah, not this no- 
Uh, no, Scott, I don't want to upset you because you do the tennis show, but um, I don't yeah, think I've ever way, seen you wear white, so I'm not I'm not that offended by it. It's way way down my list. Like tennis is it's sport for people that don't like sport. Is do you not think it's kind of it's yeah, a theatre crowd, it's isn't it? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a theatre crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, cool, I like cool. it because I think it's pretty simplistic to bet on. It's just one yeah. person against another person, so that's why I like it. But I, it's not for everybody. Let's put it that way. I'll watch it every time, but. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, no, well, thanks everyone um, in the chat. Uh, Captain Seno, if he has to be upset about my uh, my dislike for the tennis as well. Sorry, Captain. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. I thought that's Oh, do you know what that was? It, it was my beer bath, which I've just oh. been keeping down, but they're not very steady, as you can see, and it just went over. But um, I quite like having it. It's really good for pointing at things, I've discovered. I can just say it to the kids, get that for me. Get that, and you can just point at stuff. Um, I'm becoming a bit of a menace with me beer bat lately. Um, thanks, everyone. I will be back tomorrow. Good luck with your picks tonight. In the meantime, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>